I wish everyone knew the magic and the power of their body and of their unique individuality. The body is self-healing. And again, because we are such a plugged-in culture and we have all these systems in place and it just is what it is, it's very hard for us to see outside of that box and to trust that if we drop into our body, we start working with our body, then that's actually healing at the root rather than just putting a Band-Aid on something and taking a pill. Hello, and welcome to the Connectedness Podcast. Just as you might have guessed, I talk about connection and connectedness on this podcast, our connection with everything in the world around us. Whether you see it or not, we're all connected, and it doesn't matter if it's our dog, our cat, our god, our body, and I'll also talk about some more abstract connections like our career or our land, our community, our emotions, your body. Life is all about connection, so the sooner we recognize that, the sooner we can have an easier, more meaningful life. I will talk about these connections through different lenses, things like synchronicities and coincidences or just everyday little bits of magic and miracles that we we usually dismiss. It's really important that we pay attention to all of this so we can live an easier, more meaningful life. So welcome to the show. I'm your host, Karen Cleveland. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I am super excited to introduce you to my guest today. I have with me Daria Drake. She is a somatic healing practitioner with roots in yoga and traditional Chinese medicine. She began her entrepreneurial journey with an eco-life brand and then transitioned her business in the wake of the pandemic as she began to embody the change that was being asked of her, like many of us had to. She works at a nervous system level to help clients integrate past wounds, begin to transform out-of-conditioned responses and learn to love themselves unconditionally and wholly. That sounds so fantastic. Welcome to the show, Daria. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. Ah, you bet. I'm excited to dig into this. I think the first thing I'd love to hear about, and the listeners would probably love to hear, is how did your journey start? Was yoga a thing that existed your entire life, or did you move into that whole world slowly or quickly even? Why don't you tell us about that? My journey with yoga was unexpected. I didn't start practicing regularly until I was in my mid to late 30s. I did grow up dancing, and so I had always really been in my body. And as a younger adult, I started rock climbing. And what happened there was I was clenching so much that my body didn't want to let go. And the clenching was from the rock climbing, and it was also from my nervous system and the way that I felt I needed to protect myself. And so that that expressed itself quite literally. I had a lot of pain in my neck, shoulders, arms, wrists, which I think can be common in climbers, but it was extreme and I really couldn't get rid of the pain. So I slowly started going more regularly to yoga. And I was a freelance graphic designer, as well as having my eco-life brand. 
And I was able to support this more regular yoga practice by training graphic design for unlimited yoga at my local yoga studio. And then the next thing I knew, I was helping my teacher with her website. And she turned to me and asked me and said, when are you doing the teacher training? Are you going to do the teacher training this year? And that was 2018. And I I thought, well, I don't really want to be a teacher, but okay, I'll do it. (laughs) And yeah, I think a lot of times we just stumble into things not knowing that it's going to change our lives. And being in that container for four solid months every other weekend, the entire weekend, it it was a bit like being at an ashram or a monastery, like right. arriving arriving at 7 a.m. in the morning, leaving at 6.30 p.m., resting, and then doing the same thing on Sunday. It had a profound effect on me. And then I went on to do the advanced teacher training, and I continued learning with her and did her transforming trauma certificate. And yeah, the pandemic came shortly after that. And I had to just lay everything down. I realized I was totally exhausted and began to like really embody those things, as I mentioned, embody those things that I had been learning for so many years, but was too distracted and in my conditioning to really like make certain changes. So I want to go back to something you said that never really struck me before, that your body was tense because of the rock climbing. Is there a lot of fear in rock climbing? I mean, you're doing it. I don't do it because I'm afraid to. Well, lots of reasons I don't do it. But so does your body hold on to that fear from rock climbing or doing, I guess, a sport like that, an extreme sport? The kind of rock climbing I was mostly doing was indoor and it's called bouldering where you're not strapped into a harness. They're not really high climbs but they are very challenging, like very challenging physically. I already had fear in my body. I was already in, you know, my conditioning was, and many people have this conditioning where we still have old emotions in our body. And I know that this was an underlying current already that was flowing through me. Yes, I did feel afraid sometimes rock climbing, but a lot of it was my ego and moving from the ego and thinking, oh, I should be able to do this. Why can't I do this like this other person can do it? And really pushing myself beyond, you know, I think there's a healthy limit or a healthy like pace or titration that continues to move us forward. But when we push too hard, and we don't rest and release, then things just pile up on top of us. Right. That makes sense. So you work with clients at a nervous system level. And I've heard from your webpage about nervous system titration. What is that all about? What does that mean? A lot of people are talking about nervous system regulation, which I think is that's what we want. We want to be able to go out in our day And as things happen to us and around us, we can easily come back into our window of tolerance of like, okay, I am feeling safe in my body. So when I talk about titration, I'm speaking specifically to, I have a nervous system response where I shut down in these certain situations. So rather than throwing somebody all the way in 
and just teaching them to like, rather than blast, it's kind of like blasting open the nervous system as opposed to like, I'm going to take incremental steps to be able to put myself in that situation. How does a person recognize that in themselves if they're having a nervous system buildup block? What does that feel like? It expresses itself in so many ways. So we think about fight, flight, freeze, fawn. And many of us have these responses without even realizing that that is what's happening. So maybe you procrastinate a lot around projects. And you're like, I don't know why I just can't seem to get this done or I can't get motivated to do this project. Well, really, your nervous system is in control of your ability to show up and do the thing or not. And so another example would be if I choose like a specific kind of partner that is unhealthy, but it models what I've been shown, this is another expression. So it can be subtle and we can become frustrated with ourselves because we know logically in our brain that I'm not supposed to be doing this, but I can't seem to stop myself. And so being in a behavior or a pattern that you can't seem to break or move through is a sign that you could benefit from some nervous system regulation. I think also, you know, one thing I talk about a lot is connecting to what's within. We're very distracted in our society and like this productivity culture, the toxicity of some aspects of capitalism and all of these things just kind of add to us not being connected to the truth about what's happening to us. Wow. So even things like procrastination could be a symptom, huh? Is it always? You know, it's hard for me to think super binary, like black and white. You know, there's always a bigger story or a bigger picture. So I think like the story of why you do something is important. And if you can plug in and connect more deeply with yourself, that's going to give you so many more answers. Yeah. So two questions, but let's start with one and see where that goes. So you're saying if someone can plug into themselves, how does that work? What would they do? Yeah, I have a really beautiful self-care, somatic self-care ritual. And if you get that, what I talk about in there is physically, literally landing on the ground and removing the distractions that are all around us and getting really quiet, which actually can be dysregulating for people. So maybe it's like, if that's too scary, if you need to titrate your way to that stillness, maybe you go for a walk in nature and then you have some stimuli, some visual stimuli, but you leave your phone in the car and yeah, just see what happens. But I literally, when the pandemic came, I would get on my floor every single day and just roll on my sides and just roll around and it's about listening. So quieting the mind so that we can listen. And like oftentimes people who have been chronically in the parasympathetic nervous system, like it's very hard to turn off the thinking mind and to quiet the chatter. Right. So rolling on the ground and definitely yoga nidra was one of the things that really put me on the ground, so to speak. And help me actually 
rest, really. That's interesting. I had another guest say that she gets on the ground like that and rolls around sometimes. So she must be familiar with what you're talking about. So yoga nidra, to those that don't know a lot about yoga, is that, you know, the yoga that we might think in the head of sitting on the floor and and meditating or doing the, you know, downward dog or what kind of yoga is that? Yoga Nidra translates to like sleep yoga and you can sit comfortably and do it or I in my somatic self-care circle and my other containers, my one-on-one clients, everybody gets this because it is so, so powerful. And basically it's active rest. So you're quiet, you're lying on the ground. If you feel safe, you can close your eyes or put something over your eyes. And it's a guided meditation where we tap into your heartfelt desire, where you connect with the flow of your breath. You can explore the interiority, your interior landscape mentally using your mind to go through your body. So it's very somatic. It's very restful and nourishing. And if you can get like 30 minutes in, it's kind of like taking a two-hour nap. So I was in a place of burnout. And this was the only, like, this helped me sleep. This helped me actually feel rested. And it helps to connect you with the part of you that is always grounded always still and always knows. So I like to speak to that as your higher self. So the part of you that is always there, that knows all of the answers, is cheering you on and wants what is the very best for you. Yeah. Awesome. So how do you suppose our emotions relate to our whole physiology and health? Yeah. This is like super traditional Chinese medicine, which is something that I've been studying for a handful of years now, but there's so much more to learn. So the flow of our emotions through our body is controlled by our breathing and the diaphragm. So in traditional Chinese medicine, you have energetic pathways that run all through your body. And these pathways are connected to organs, emotions, physiological processes, and your musculoskeletal functions. So I'll just use like a practical example. So if I'm out in public and say somebody shames me or embarrasses me or something, it might not be the appropriate time for me to say something in reply because I'm out in public. So I've got to like hold on to that emotion. Many of us are conditioned as like people pleasers or, you know, being polite. I live in the South. And so a big part of my growing up was don't talk about politics. Don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. Be polite. Yeah. Make everyone else feel good so they don't feel uncomfortable at the expense of yourself, basically. So if you never get to express that emotion or let it come out of your body, then it's just going to hang out in there. And that, like I was speaking to earlier, creates buildup in your body, in your nervous system. And it's like armor and it freezes us and it freezes our muscles. It constricts us and it creates suffering and pain inside. Yeah. But it's really cool because in traditional Chinese medicine, you look holistically at all the physiological processes 
Where is the person feeling pain? How is the expression of the breath? So like the diagnosis then becomes the treatment. So you can easily say, all right, we're going to work with your stomach and spleen to help you through this worry. So what is the recommendation if you are out in public and someone says something rude? Should we respond immediately? Or is there a practice to do afterwards? Yeah, people call it being triggered when you're pushed outside of that window of tolerance. I think when we're triggered is not a good time to respond because we're actually not response able. We become reactive. And you don't want to be reactive because then it just becomes this reactivity match, right? I actually saw this really beautiful Instagram post and it said, if anybody is rude to you or is like lashing out or something, just turn to them and say, is everything okay with you? And I thought about the times in my life where I could apply that and that feels really good to me. So I haven't used it yet. So I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. But I love that idea as a response. It's like something obviously is not okay with you because you're taking it out on me. Right. Exactly. That's really interesting and goes back to an idea I believe in that we shouldn't take things personally when people say stuff like that to us because who knows what led up to the way they're acting. Exactly. Yeah. So what kind of self-care do we do for ourselves to help just with all of this? What's possible for us? Definitely there is Yoga Nidra and I have a few videos out on YouTube I'm going to be putting out my season two here soon. So definitely Yoga Nidra. I recommend also doing breathwork practices. Even if you just take five minutes in the morning to connect with your breathing and control the inhale and the exhale, that's going to help you come so much more into your body for your day. Interesting. Yeah, those are two not too complicated things that anyone can do. Right. And I'm just curious. So you did some teacher training and I'm sure you continue to learn. Do you like to do your self-study or your learning, I guess? Do you take classes in person? Do you like to do a lot through Zoom like it seems to be normal these days? I'm just curious what your own self-education process is. Yeah. Honestly, doing things virtually has really I would say expedited or like created a lot more opportunity for me to do learning because all of a sudden these trainings that can get pretty expensive and might be, you know, overseas or something, I have been able to do them because they are online. I actually just signed up for a business mentorship that's all virtual that I'm really excited for. I work with my clients virtually. I also am. All that being said, looking forward to starting to teach more in person in my hometown. I think there's going to be, when all has been manifested, a beautiful balance of doing things in person and connecting with people in real life, and then also creating opportunity and being able to serve more people. Definitely, it helps to do things online. Yeah, it's really opened up avenues for us, hasn't it? That things we didn't think were accessible, going away to school for something, you know, for several months or something. So it is a a new world and a new situation. Is there anything you wish people would stop doing that, um, you know, they come to you all the time? It's like, oh, people, you need to stop doing this. 
you know, I always understand and have compassion for like the behaviors that people come to me with. And I guess if I were to like blanket statement something, it's like stop trying to use your brain so much and start using your body more for the answers because we can pathologize, we can self-diagnose, we can run circles around ourselves with our brain. But I feel like a lot of times that just creates more anxiety in the body when what is much more effective is if I can go through my body, I don't even have to go to that traumatic place. I can just tap into the feeling tone and then work to shift that feeling within me. And this is like something that I say also all the time. It's like, get out of your head and into your body. Get out of your head and into your body, into your body, into your body. So it's like, yeah, there's so much wisdom. There's so much information. And also it can become very confusing too when we do have specific conditioning to know what is my intuition versus what is my fear response or my conditioned response. And so that can be really hard to untangle too. So that's why it's good to work with somebody in a one-on-one or group container to get yourself going really. So is that something you help people do is figuring out what their intuition is versus what's not them? Yeah. I mean, I think it's not such like a, this is this and that's that, but like, let's sift through this. What are you taking this action for? Why do you feel like you need to take this action? I like to ask them, how will this benefit you? Is this for you or is this for them? Very good. Yeah, I love that. Because if it's not for you, probably don't need to do it, right? Exactly. And like, we don't have control over anybody except for ourselves. You can't make anybody change their mind. You can't make anybody treat you differently. And if you stay in certain situations, there's like only so much progress you'll be able to make because of that other person's influence over you. So true. Yeah. A lot of work to do sometimes. So this might sound kind of the same question, but it might not be. What do you wish everyone knew? I wish everyone knew the magic and the power of their body and of their unique individuality. The body is self-healing. And again, because we are such a plugged-in culture and we have all these systems in place and it just is what it is, it's very hard for us to see outside of that box and to trust that if we drop into our body, we start working with our body, then that's actually healing at the root rather than just putting a Band-Aid on something, taking a pill. Yeah, so many people are just on autopilot, right? They just make do all the moves, go through all the moves every day and go to the doctor and take their pill and don't even consider sometimes. And sometimes they need someone to help them know they need to consider something else. Yeah. Well, fantastic. So where can people find these videos? Where are you on YouTube? And you talked about, I think, a meditation or the yoga nidra. Mm -hmm. So yeah, where can we find you online? My handle everywhere is alifealigned.co. So that's my website and YouTube. I think you can do youtube.com slash alifealigned.co. But if you just search that in YouTube, you should be able to find that. And I can certainly send you the link too. 
That's usually my last question, but now I have another question. So a life aligned, what does that mean to you? This actually was my slogan from my eco-conscious lifestyle brand, a life aligned, and it made it through the pandemic because that is, that's what I want. That's what I wanted. I wanted my external life to match what I felt inside of me. And prior to the pandemic, everything felt like a mismatch. Like, why can't I just be who I feel I am inside? Right. We should be able to be that. Yes. Yes. So this has like just been my journey to finding my life in alignment with my true nature, as I like to call it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Daria. It's been a real pleasure talking to you today. And I know I want to go check out your YouTube channel and do some of the Yoga Nidra as well. So appreciate that. And to my listeners, goodbye. And we will connect again, I hope. So talk to you soon. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. That's R-E-V-K-A-R-E-N Podcast.com. There you're going to find the tools for finding more meaning and happiness in your own life. Plus, if you have a story that you want to share with me, either on or off the air, be sure to look for that form. Make sure you follow me so you get notified when new episodes drop. And also, I'd love to connect with you in my Facebook group, Connectedness with Rev Karen. So head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. I hope to see you there.